On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. You have thoughts on the latest happenings in the world of Apple? Let's hear what you have to say. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Karen Haslam. Hi. And David Price. All right, how's it going? This episode is all about Macworld Reader and listener hot takes. You have thoughts, and we're going to share and respond to what you wrote. All the comments mentioned in the show can be seen in the show notes for this podcast on Macworld.com. So our first topic is based on a report by Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. He says that Apple is testing the upcoming M3 chip with the possibility of it being used in new Macs by the end of this year or early next. That report generated a few interesting reactions. Shadi Hawk on Twitter said, hopefully they put it in a new iMac and make the iMac more than just a Mac mini with a really good screen again. iMacs have always had good screens, but was also more powerful than the Mac mini. They really dropped the appeal of the iMac, which has always been my favorite. It always used to be the case that the desktop Macs were the more powerful Macs. So Apple could basically put in the extra discrete graphic card, they could make a much more powerful Mac in, in that format. So you had the Power Mac, for example. Pro- professionals would have wanted a, a, a Power Mac, eventually a Mac Pro, except then it became the Mac Pro became too expensive and people started buying iMacs. And then you got the really sort of powerful 27-inch iMacs and then later on the, Mac Pro, the uh, iMac Pro. The current iMac it isn't in that category. It's not a professional Mac anymore. The interesting thing is that the the Mac Mini now has the M2 Pro chip, which makes it like the guy's pointing out. You know, it's kind of overtaking right. the iMac completely. So the iMac is the, my point was really the iMac is a consumer Mac right now. It's not it's not for professionals. It's for the reception in a design studio, but not for the designers. Is the Pro market a big market? Is is that going to be enough to turn around the fortunes of the? ailing Mac range. So, uh, yeah, and that's something I was thinking about as well. It's like, does Apple care about the pro market anymore? There's certainly been times in the past where it's looked like it hasn't and it doesn't care anymore. And then it's sort of surprised everyone by trying to fix that and failing usually. Um, maybe it's time for Apple to sort of give up on that. The consumers really want desktop Macs. I think consumers might be interested in the Mac mini because it's cheap, but the iMac is more expensive, so people are looking for cheap right now. There's a recession. <laughs> well, the way I always looked at the pro market was that it was almost like a lost leader, that they that they had that little market that they used um, to make the rest of the lineup look more glamorous to normal people like, uh, well, like me. You know, I, I don't need the power of a, of a pro Mac, but um, there's, a, there's a definite cachet to it. As you go, this is, this is the machine that's used to edit films and you know this is the one that the pro creatives are using um so you can you can have a slightly lower end version of it so i was i always thought that's what the pro market was about for apple is this the analogy i always do is with fashion labels where they have the couture um they're not making a lot of money out of that because only a few people can afford it and only a few people are prepared to dress like that but it gives them the glamour 
that then trickles down to the rest of the sort of high street range. So I always thought that was it, but that doesn't work if you then completely give up on the pro market and they all say this is rubbish. So I don't know what they're thinking is now. I think in a way they have to have powerful Macs at the top of the range that not many people are going to use just to sort of showcase the technology they can have and and something to give the reviewers so they get good good scores. Someone who goes by the Black Whisper on Twitter said that Apple proves that they just don't get it it's not about power, it's about price. Yeah, it's a really good point because there's an argument that can be made now that Macs are powerful enough, you know, for what we, for what most people do nowadays. Another comment by BMW Twisty tweeted, if a decently tricked out model costs nearly $5,000, that sure won't spur significantly increased sales. Poking at the prices that Apple makes these machines at. Well, it's about I mean, revenues you know, rather than unit sales. So yeah. maybe they wouldn't mind selling fewer of them if the profit margin on each device is huge. Apple likes its margins. They definitely like their margins. I mean, looking at the last financial results, it used to be that it was iPhone, Mac, iPad, and now it's iPhone, iPad, Mac. They care about revenue, and that's what they're getting from sales. So, I mean, speaking from here, from the UK, where I'm based... Everywhere in the world, apart from the US, has just seen all the prices go up. So speaking about the iMac, you know, we've got a two-year-old machine and it's just increased in price. No, I mean, surely Apple's not expecting to sell any any of them right now because it's 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 just so overpriced. It's frust- it's just frustrating because we're in the middle of what, like a really tough economic times and Apple's... Yeah. But then it's never been Apple's way to make a, a, a sort of cheap machine. And the, yeah. their only thing they do is keep the M1 on so that you can buy that. But maybe they need to be doing more of this. Every every category should have a last year's model still on sale or something like that, you know, as a way to kind of still get the money in. There must be some internal research or something that tells Apple that there are still a gazillion people using Intel-based machines and they want those people to switch to their to these new processors so they think that one way to do it is to keep releasing these faster processors to show that you're getting such a giant speed increase if you upgrade. Yeah, I don't think people upgrade particularly based on the speed of the processor because partly, as you've said, they're fast enough already. Nobody's there with an M1 machine and going, this isn't fast enough. I think the reason people aren't upgrading their Macs or switching from PC to Mac even, it's because there's not been a sort of uh, compelling reason to upgrade in terms of the design or the features or some big <clears throat> tentpole announcement. It's just, it's been a bit boring for a while. I, I, that's what it seems like to me. I I know I cover the Mac beat less than you guys. Maybe you can you can help me out here. But you know, if, if there was something like, a touchscreen iMac. I mean, personally, I think that would be dreadful. I don't want that. But something of that uh, newsworthiness to grab the imagination. Well, when the iMac, when the iMac came out with the M1 chip, obviously they'd had a big redesign, but it wasn't necessarily what everyone wanted. I mean, you know, it's still got the big chin underneath. It's, you know, I think you said in an article we might be discussing later that that is it looks great from the back it's really like colorful and everything else from the back and on the front it's really muted like they weren't quite confident enough to go as far with the redesigners as johnny ive might have actually that reminds me of something else like you know this is a 
a big factor in what's happening right now, whether it's fun or not, is that fact we don't have Johnny Ive anymore. Well, that actually is a good segue to our next topic. Uh, earlier this month, the IMAX celebrated its 25th anniversary, and David took that opportunity to reflect on the state of Mac design. And as David mentioned, it's a little bit boring right now. It's not as fun as it used to be. Uh, Macs have gone from, as David wrote, I'm quoting David right in front of him. That's just kind of awkward. <laughs> he, he said they've gone from groundbreaking aesthetically, and now they're kind of just commodities. And that spurred a mixed reaction from readers. Uh, now, oh, see, here I am butchering a name already. <laughs> now, Manko Tanya on Twitter said, Fun was only a marketing strategy when Apple was a startup, but always wanted to become what it is today. No, 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 no. You remember, <laughs> um, you remember funnest iPod ever, 2008. They, they've always had a mixed relationship with fun, as far as I'm concerned. They've always kept fun and business separate. So you get, uh, you know, look at the iPad range now. The standard iPads are very fun. They are available in bright pink and bright yellow, and they look great. And then you look at the iPad Pro, and you can get it in space gray or silver. Is that they, they, they still have this germ of an interest in fun but they don't commit to it and i think that's the problem because you know an imac or something it's a productivity tool but i think it can also be a joyous thing and that that seems to have been lost somewhere along the line fun is definitely something that apple only sees as a consumer thing you don't want to make your pro mac too much fun. Yeah. Um, also, like thinking back to the iMac when that launched, and they weren't really a startup at that point. <laughs> I don't think you could say that. But the strap line was think different, wasn't it? And it was all about a nice, colourful Mac that was fun in a sea of beige computers. And that's all people had at the time. And this was kind of trying to take the computer into the consumer market in a way. And people had computers at home, but it was like, it was, it was the sort of time when normal everyday average people were starting to think about getting a computer maybe and it was making it more attractive to them what else can they do that's different how can they think different today with the mac i honestly think they that what they need to think different is just people don't want desktops anymore they maybe just only want laptops or i know you said it earlier but like desktop with a touch screen like merging the ipads and the mac you know maybe that is the way things are going i don't know but thinking different isn't just making a Mac look more fun, it's doing what people want that maybe they don't realise they want yet because that's what Apple was always about, wasn't it? We don't have focus groups. We we work out what people want before they know they want it. Because I was thinking that the iMac was this cultural moment. I remember I was at university and, and they were everywhere suddenly um, and it felt like the whole society had moved, you know, in, in a smallish way but it had all been affected by the way it sort of infiltrated the culture but as you say it's not the same context now because apple has kind of dragged the culture in one direction and now everybody has in some way taken on board these johnny ive style designs i don't think it was johnny ive as far back as that but it's harder for them to be different now you're absolutely right so i don't know where they go from here either michael buckaloo tweeted 
Please, dear Lord, stop comparing a desktop computer from the late 1990s to a desktop computer today. People today don't want a fruity-colored iMac. They want a fruity-colored iPhone, iPad, or Apple Watch. Says who? I want a fruity-colored <laughs> iMac. <laughs> Apple thinks you want a fruity-colored iMac. The question isn't, do you want a colorful whatever? It's, do you want a consumer model or a professional model? And the pros don't um, get fruity-colored versions of their devices. And I, I don't understand why. Because they say they don't focus group, but they must have some kind of research operation that says people that pay above a certain amount of money for you know, a desktop or a smartphone don't want to be given the option of a pink model or a yellow model. And that's why they give us these grim colorways for the iphone pro i just just only silver or, or gold or only black i mean it's interesting that for the pro versions they like the imac pro was in space gray and it was like space gray you're you're a pro you're gonna like this darker shade of black you know rather than like a red <laughs> yeah. it did look pretty cool the the, the i remember the imac pro we had in the office and it was space mm. space black was it or space gray i can't remember but it looked really good, and, and the keyboard and the mouse, it, it, oh, it did look really good. But, you know, why not pink? Pink's great. I've got an iPad, I've got an iPad that's pink. and <laughs> I, I Pink's just have, not serious yeah. enough for professional work. One sells products, that's what I say. So, you know, commit to it. ASO Clubs 81 tweeted, Tim Cook happened. Ever notice all the issues that came about since he took over? Well, I don't know if that's fair to blame him for the... Yeah, let's let's blame Tim for COVID and the recession <laughs> and the war in the Ukraine. It's all his fault. And the billions and billions of dollars that Apple has made, it's all his fault. It's not just Tim Cook, if you want to blame Tim Cook for anything, but we also that you know, Apple don't have Johnny Ives anymore. And I was reading recently about the, you know, the rumored headset and everything, and apparently the design team had said they weren't ready to launch. And Tim Cook, apparently, I mean, obviously, this could be completely made up. I don't know, but I read it. Um, and he'd said, no, we need to go ahead. We need to get it out to market. It's a kind of feeling like if it was in Johnny Ives' day, would that have happened? Would it be better? It's hard to know, isn't it? But Yeah, the design the design team doesn't have the power at Apple that it used to. Because, you know, Johnny Ive carried on up the, uh, up the hierarchy and he was reporting directly to uh, Steve Jobs and then later Tim Cook. But then they, when he left, they split his job in two, sort of diluted the power he had. And then one of those guys um, left as well and wasn't replaced. So the design team has become this kind of, it's not powerless, of course, it's still a big part of the mission, but they don't have the power to steer the way things are run operationally anymore. Because Tim Cook, is not, he's not that kind of a CEO. He's, he's, a, he's an operations guy. He gets things out on time, in theory, and makes money. Maybe we are now starting to see what happens when you don't have a visionary CEO. When you do have a safe pair of hands, then somewhere along the line, the inspiration wears out. I can't think you can blame him for, as Karen said, the, the, the problems of recent years. They're not on Tim Cook. Johnny I brought the design to Apple that made the products as attractive as they were. And not just to see and to hold, but also he ended up with quite a lot of influence over the operating system and the design of that. And... Now that they don't have as much, I mean, maybe the person who's doing his job now is brilliant, but you know, it it's it's hard to sort of know if things would be different if they'd if they were more led in that direction by someone like Johnny Ive. I think I think power is a big part of it. It's not just about being a good designer; it's about being a good designer who gets to do what they want. Johnny Ive used to um, 
take money, for example, out of the equation. He, he, he used to actively prevent his designers from finding out how much different things cost. So they wouldn't be influenced by that and they would just make the best product they could. I can't imagine the design team getting away with that anymore, that there would just be a line of people saying, no, use the cheaper metal. It's just a different ethos. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I agree. I'm sure there are good designers at Apple, but they don't, they don't call the shots anymore. Yeah, there used to be uh, reports, anonymous reports of engineers and product development people at Apple being frustrated because they were being held up by the design team. The reason why they were frustrated is because that's a different methodology of doing things than a lot of other companies. It doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. I guess you could say that Apple's designs are a little more vanilla. I'm not sure you can say any of Apple's designs right now are risky or, as David put it, fun. Well, the headset is going to be risky. Whatever it is, it's new, carries a risk, and it will be interesting to see, particularly as, as Karen says, this is something that Tim Cook has pushed through against the apparent wishes of certain members of the design team who didn't think we were at the right level. Because I, th- I think their issue was that technology in general hasn't yet advanced enough to make a sort of streamlined, good battery life headset. And they're saying, if you release it this year, it's going to be a little bit heavier than you want. It's going to not last as long as you want. It will be a compromised product. We are all people who wear glasses. We appreciate the complexities of wearing something on your face right and i just cannot get my head around the idea that people are suddenly going to be wearing these big headsets and if it's not comfortable and it's not light and it's not any of those things when it launches people are just going to be like what <laughs> like yeah. why do we want this what i mean yeah a solution looking for a problem it could be big eventually but i'm with you karen i don't want to wear a headset i don't really see the appeal <laughs> at all so well that leads us to our last topic Apple released Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro for the iPad Pro, but it was the pricing model that got everyone's attention. You can't buy them outright. You have to pay either, well, it's $4.99 US per month. Is that the same in the UK? I think think the pound dollar thing is the same, yeah. Or it's $49 pounds per year for either app. So it's subscription-based now, and that's Apple's first foray into that sales model. We got tweets from people who are, aren't happy with that particular model. And I think in general, people don't like subscription software. AZPC Help tweeted, I for certain won't be subscribing. Over the last two years, I have been switching apps to eliminate expensive subscriptions. GTI in a suit tweeted, fingers crossed enough people will be holding off subscribing. Zach Lon tweeted, no, please don't do this. You know, subscription software has actually been around for a while now, and it's kind of taken Apple this long to get into it. Everybody else switched years ago, didn't they? Like Creative Cloud was yeah. subscription-based. God, I don't even know how many years ago, but a long time. Yeah. And a lot of people have moved from Photoshop or whatever because of it. Subscription's not a compl- entirely bad thing. I mean, there are subscription models all over the, the um, iOS store and the Mac App Store and everything else. What I like about subscriptions is the fact that you can cancel at any time. So you you could only use that software for a month and you wouldn't be locked in. You wouldn't have bought it outright and then you're stuck with it kind of thing. I think the big problem is actually how much they cost. So some subscription prices up front are like more than you would ever have paid for that, right. that application. 
and over time that becomes really pricey i mean you know over time how 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 much will they have paid for their copy of final cut pro on the ipads in five years time you know if they subscribe now it's i'm not going to do the maths but you know it'll be a lot um a lot more than final cut pro costs right now on the mac which is 299 in pounds and dollars so it's like but also at the same time another good thing about subscriptions is that for example with um microsoft office you can either buy it as a perpetual version which you you own but you don't get all the updates or if you subscribe to their subscription model then you get updates in theory you get updates you get improvements and all of that sort of thing because they can cancel at any time companies need to offer something more for subscribers they need to feel like they're getting updates and to be honest when was the last time final cut pro was updated final cut pro 10 came out a century ago i think that's the hope because it's subscription-based, that companies will have to feel like they have to do things to maintain, to have a customer continue subscribing. Is a subscription model enough of an incentive for Apple to say, oh, now we got to make this out, put this on a regular production cycle and keep updating it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess know, it's, we'll it's different, but with Mac OS X, or Mac OS even, <laughs> they, you know, they, you're not subscribing because you get it for free anyway, but they are frequently mm-hmm. updating. They're not just updating it once a year. They're bringing out new features all the time. If they can do that with subscription mod- the subscription model and people actually get new features all the time to keep them subscribing then great but otherwise why not just use it for a month finish that project and then cancel your subscription i tell you what's interesting is the fact that apple's had to make the interface a touch interface to work with the ipad and that is what gives me hope that maybe there is maybe this is the start of a convergence of the two devices maybe we will see it i think a few people are wondering if other Apple apps are going to end up subscription-based. You know, all the consumer apps are free. So I don't think they're going to start charging for pages and numbers. And I can't see any software model uh, in the future other than subscription or free. And I'm surprised Apple has gone this long with these one-off. Mike's article, he was talking about, will macOS become subscription-based? Which is... It's really hard to sort of, it's been so long since it went free. The idea that would, yeah. would they get away with that? I'm sure they would never make people pay for it. They want to keep people up to date because, you know, they only support the last three versions in software, um, in software updates and like security updates. So they can't have people falling behind. I think the only software that they will put on a subscription, apart from the obviously subscription services, you know, will be professional stuff. So, yeah, expect Final Cut Pro on the Mac to go subscription if they ever get around to updating it. But we we don't yet know if this is going to be successful. This is the this is the thing I was going to say is that this is like would you would you call it a trial balloon, a test balloon? They're just yeah, um, yeah. they're putting this out there. We right now have the power. You know, the uh, the market. If we don't like this, you know, we we got a lot of comments saying this is a terrible idea. We hate this. We're never going to do it. Well. We're going to find out, you know, if if people refuse, then that this could be the end of it. But if people buy it, if people sign up for the subscription, it's worked for Adobe as far as they're concerned. So why not do it themselves? But like I say, subscriptions only work for a company. Like it, they're probably yeah. thinking, rubbing their hands together and thinking, oh, we get all this money every month. But what if you don't? Well, that does it for this episode of the MacWorld Podcast, episode eight hundred and forty-two. 
Thanks to Karen Haslow. Thanks to David Price. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. <laughs>